This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, everyone. Glenn the Geek here. Recent filipper off this week, so I dug through the archives to bring you a revisit from 2018. In this episode, HRN Auditor Chantel helped review the book 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses, written by Jacques Ballou. Karen Isberg of Kentucky Performance Products joined in for a great nutritional segment, and regular guest Hillary came on for the Total Saddle Fit tip. Recent Phil will be back next week with a brand new episode. This is episode 479 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, HRN Auditor Chantel will help us out in our review of 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses, written by Jack Ballou. Karen Isberg from KPP joins us for a great nutritional segment, and regular guest Hillary comes on for our Total Saddle Fit tip. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, hi Phil. How hi. are you? I'm doing good. Doing I like good. it. It's the dog days of summer, I think that's what they call it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, anybody that's where we all are, it's hot. It has yeah. been very hot. Yeah, it's been very hot. Monday, Tuesday. Ooh, was really really bad. So <laughs> well, we're, fun. we're training horses. We're we are outside, training horses. My poor big Mike was so sweaty. You know, it was like the first time he really worked when it was hot, and he was like, oh, "I'm so sweaty. I'm so sweaty." <laughs> he like had a panic attack because he was so sweaty. Oh, no. I know it was so sweet and innocent, and I was like, "Okay, just give me a second. I'll give you a shower." Yeah. yeah. He was he was a little out of sorts, poor guy, but he survived. Oh, get the hoses yeah. out. Get your ice buckets out. I know yeah. he got the yeah. ice bucket challenge. Yeah, he was fine <laughs> okay. though. He was fine. He's just it was just cute because he just it's was funny. not sure. Yeah. He was like just out of sorts because he was so hot, but it was very hot. We only rode for half an hour or something, but he was soaking wet. But anyways, so that's what we were doing, and uh, actually that is the same day uh, that I saw Hillary uh, Moore Hebert. She's coming on the show and. Uh, uh, you can look at it's actually a pretty sweaty selfie of Hillary and I, um, and we were laughing because we're like, this is probably not what we want to put up on the show notes, but we did anyways. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, also sweaty, and and but we had a good time training, so it was all good. So okay, great. great. I know, I know. So, um, but yeah, we have a great show today because it is book club review day. Yay. Yeah, we're we're enjoying this project. I am at least, anyways, so. and and yeah. hopefully our listeners are, you know, following along and and uh, reading the books and and thinking about you know the topics we're going to be discussing today. Right. So, right. Uh, and just to remind you, we came out with our our next book, uh, which is actually a tribute to Walter Zettel, who packed, just passed away recently. Uh, his Dressage and Harmony book uh, is what we're reading next for, and that one's a uh, pretty. It's it's a little bit more theory based than this book, um, so I hope everybody. It's a little heavier. It. It's a little heavier. heavier. Right? A little heavier. Yeah. Well, but maybe, uh, maybe we'll try and do a heavy one and a light one. You know, yeah, mix it exactly. up a little bit and 
And yeah, just starting getting into that one. And but we've got to review review the 55 corrective exercise for horses. And yeah. I think maybe we'll just jump right into that, Reese. How about it? Sounds like a plan. Well, we are getting ready for our book club interview number two on the book 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses by Jacques Ballou. And we have our auditor, Chantel, on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon. Yeah, we're really happy to have you. And one of the benefits, as you know, there's lots of benefits to the auditor program that you can find on the website, on the Horse Radio Network website. But one of the benefits is uh, there's a great Facebook group, but also that is how we get our book reviewers. So keep an eye out on that. If you're not an auditor, become one. Um, But that's how Chantel's on here. We put out we'd like to have a reviewer and she answered the call and got the book from the horse radio network so Chantel, welcome can you tell us a little bit about yourself sure i am in mandan north dakota i am born and raised here i have a missouri fox trotter mare that we are starting dressage lessons with and i have a little welsh pony that we are still working on rehabbing so i felt like this was a great book to use for both of them. Yeah, what a fantastic book for the for the yeah. rehab. Yeah, and and the horse sounds like um, <laughs> m- might be green in dressage. Is that right? Yes, she is. She's got a really long back, so we're trying to do a lot of those corrective exercises so she doesn't end up sway backed. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think this is perfect for the for for this topic and for this book this week this month. So tell mm-hmm. us, and it's Jack oh. Ballou, so she's awesome. She is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's great. We love having her on the show, and we love yeah. we love you know, going over her books, and and she and she has like a million exercises for everything. So it's unbelievable. It's so I, cool. I really like. Yeah, really it's, like. It's that. great. So Chantel, tell us a little bit about you know it's it sounds like a really really good book for what you're doing with your horses. So let's just jump in the book. What were some things that you liked the most about it? I like that there is. A lot of different exercises for their stretches, there's work over poles, there's work for, um, if you don't have an, an arena, there's exercises that you can do like in the ditch or just in a pasture, which is really, really nice. So you don't have to have a set up facility. You can do these exercises really anywhere. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was a great thing. Like none of them are really like, and she recommends getting some poles or at least mm-hmm. things that you can fashion for poles and, and use them, but you don't have to be, you, certainly you don't have to be in a 20 by 60, 20 by 40 uh, arena. That's, uh, that's not really the focus of this book. Uh, we thought it interesting because there's certainly like dressage elements uh, of these exercises. And there's a few that, you know, for, for instance, there's, you know, use, using a bit of rain back, whether it's on the ground or on your horse, that's sort of a mm-hmm. typical dressage exercise, but it really breaks it down into how it's useful for a horse that may not be a dressage horse, might be a rehab situation. So that was really interesting. And, and again, like you said, not, not everyone has an arena to work in, but that doesn't matter for, for whether you're you know, improving, improving the balance of your horse or rehabbing from an injury. Exactly. And I can't really ride the pony much, so it's stuff that I can do with her on the ground, which is great because she's actually, she's a cart pony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really good point. You know, like there are things, you know, when horses and I'm, I, I don't like to lay horses up. I don't think they're sort of meant to do that, 
so for me, it's exactly what you're saying, like to be able to do some things on the ground to keep that horse engaged and to keep some of the muscles. And again, everything is injury specific, right? But to keep them engaged, I think was, was super helpful. I have to be honest, my favorite part of the book is as you read the book, there are certain segments that have routines in them. So you can mm-hmm. basically like look up, for example, freeing uh, freeing up chronically stiff movements. And then she has a list of exercises that you f- use for that or fix a high-headed inverted posture. And so you can go and say, that's, a, that's an issue that I'm having or uh, my horse it has a problem with their low back. There's a section for that. So it's really, it's user friendly in that sense that it's, you know, what if they have sore feet or what if you're re-educating a problem horse, you can go and say, oh, well, you can use exercise. And she gives you the exercise number. She gives you the page and she gives you how many times you should do it. And I think that that is super helpful, at least as a base And I've actually, our massage therapist was here today and I said, oh my gosh, you know, I I was getting ready for the, for the, for the show. And I said to her, I said, have you seen this book? Like it would be a great book for you to have so that everybody can kind of at least start on the same page. You know, I think a lot of times veterinarians and, and trainers and, you know, it's, it's good to sort of say, okay, well, this is what everybody's viewpoint and how it's going to work to rehab this horse. So I thought that this book could be a very helpful resource. Uh, One of those books I'm super glad to have in my library because um, you can kind of look up what your specific problem is with that horse. And, you know, there's going to be some, you can, you can then work on the particular exercises that she gives. So I actually really like that. And that's how I'll use the book for sure on, on a, you know, in my program. And I like to, I mean, some people might not understand the use of ground poles or some of the different equipment that she might name. And she answers those questions and she answers them in language that's easy for anybody to understand. Yes. Um, And different body parts and how every part of the horse's body is connected, which I think is great for people that this might be something new for. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, you don't need any sort of pre-education to you know to go through this book you know anyone like even if you've had your horse for three days you can get it you can grab this book it, it shows you how to eva- evaluate the musculature of whatever horse you know that you're you're looking at and to say oh this this muscle is more built than this muscle here's some exercises to help that if that's a problem you know like it, and it's, it's not just really 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 simple yeah and you know and i think through all the exercises there's no exercise that i would say oh i would not do that right. right like even even if a horse didn't have a problem i wouldn't i wouldn't pick up this book you know look at a page and say oh that that, that would not be an exercise for for my horse you you can do i think every exercise would help every horse so yeah, yeah. you know i don't think you're going to run into trouble in in trying to do one or two of these things and then you know she gives a little bit like of an evaluation of the exercise and you know, if this is hard, maybe this is why, you know, like there's just really breaks it down each, each exercise, each segment. I really love how, how basic it is and, and how it's easy to understand. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I like exactly. what she was doing too, because the equipment that you use is not expensive equipment, which is nice. You can find those poles at any lows, like you don't have to get special poles, you know, which I think yeah. is nice. Because like you said, I think even for dressage horses, you know, there's an exercise. It's actually exercise 45, walking high uneven poles. 
I think that's really cool because I think that that for any dressage horse is something that they can work on, right? Using their legs and different planes in yeah. a different way. I, th- I was like, gosh, you know, like I dog-eared pad that page because I was like, yeah, I'm setting that up. Like that'll be something set up in the arena because I thought that that was good. Um, Chantel, did you have a, a specific exercise that you really liked? I actually tried to work through as many of them as I could. And some of them I have done in the past, but some of the ones that I really, really liked the serpentine across the ditch. That's number two. Mm-hmm. I like the riding a hill sideways. I love the stuff with the hills just because my mare has such a long back. I really like that hill work for her. Yep. Yeah. I really liked those and the arena is a little too deep for her to gate in. So if we're in the arena, we have to walk most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I do like the pole exercises just because it keeps their mind working. They don't get mm-hmm. bored. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a, a really con- a really good theme throughout this book is that she she talks about keeping things interesting for the horse. Don't do the same thing all the time, you know? And that's where we struggle a little bit in dressage. I know I do in just my teaching, and, yeah. and that's why her books in general have been really good. You know, the 101 arena exercises, you know, because it's hard to keep things interesting and, and for the horse and for the riders. Yeah. So these are great resources for thinking about things in a different way or uh, different reasons to get out of the arena, you know, to do mm-hmm. pole. And then when you come back in, uh, if you use the tips and the tricks and the tools that you've give, been given here, your horse is going to be better at doing a 20 meter circle without actually having to do a exactly. hundred thousand 20 meter circles. Because she also just, you know, just doing the same re- repetitive motions over and over and over again can create problems, even if you do them well, because you're, you're developing certain muscles, uh, maybe a little bit too much or doing too much on one side or you know that that we don't do enough straight lines sometimes so that was interesting in my own training to think about a little bit and to kind of evaluate you know the daily routine and and how to get out of that a little bit Um, especially if you're coming out of show season uh, you know soon in the fall you gotta think well I'm I'm sort of bored of doing first level test three yeah what else can I I do you know (laughs) without without going okay now I want to do second level test one or you know move through the the dressage training We'll put the quotations around that. We have some now interesting ideas to train the horses, but not think about test patterns. And because I think if you're like me, I've been doing a lot of them and doing, you know, showing and, and stuff like that. So it's it's like we need we need a little bit of kick on the kick in the butt to get out of the arena and to do different things. So this gives a lot of options for for those ideas. Yeah, and I needed the kick to get in the arena because I actually do <laughs> distance riding. Oh wow! Oh, okay. And yeah, we are just starting to really get into the cross training and I get bored in the arena just as much as my horse does. <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah so everybody so does. So this is nice to have exercises that are, it's easy for me to set up the poles without it being super complicated. It's easy for me to reset them if something happens. And then after I put my riding horse back, I can walk the pony through them in hand. Yes. That makes Dual total purpose, sense. Right. Getting, yeah. Getting two mm-hmm. done. In, with the same yeah with the same thing one riding one not and and we talked to that about that with jack when she was on the show like she said you could do lots of these exercises even though maybe in the book they're shown as being written you can do them not written or you know however whatever works for you right there's there's no problems you're not going to create problems exactly. just because yeah just because you're leading a horse through some trot poles or something like or elevated poles something like that so um you know that was that's really cool i i, I enjoyed this book and i'm going to you know, keep it on the shelf and keep it out because I think 
Um, you know, as a dressage rider, we think, okay, if I have this problem, I'll just use leg yield, or if I have this problem, but right. this this right. you can go about these problems in in different ways as well. So, yeah, no, I think that that's what's really important about this book is you know, especially if you have a horse that is coming back from a specific injury or, you know, that they have low back pain or however it is, this is, it, it, I like a plan and I like focus. And I think that this helps that a lot. And I think one of the things that, and I mentioned it earlier is, you know, connecting veterinarians and trainers and riders, you know, um, trainers have some things that they're going to say, yeah, I don't know. I've had an experience of bringing a suspensory horse back, let's just say. Um, and I brought him back too quickly. The vet may say, no, you can get cantering. And, you know, your trainer may say, oh, I've done that before and that didn't work. And so I think that this is is also a, just a really good way to say, hey, you know, this book is giving me some direction on this low back pain. How do you feel? So I think it's also helps with that kind of connecting vets and trainers and riders and owners all together. So I think that that's also a great use of this book. So uh, I, overall, I, I thought it was a good one. Well, Chantel, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us your feedback. And we wish you all the best luck with all your horses as you rehab them and, and continue on the journey of dressage. And uh, Chantel is an auditor of the Horse Radio Network. And we look forward to sharing the experience with uh, more auditors on our book club. So thanks so much for coming on. Yep. Thank you much for having me. I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to not only get the book, to, but to be able to talk about it. Thanks. Love it. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products on for her monthly segment. Karen, welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's always fun to be on the Dursbaz show. I love it. Well, we love it. And uh, you have had a very exciting day and your horses are all good and it's 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 fun. So we're, we're enjoying it. So I love it. Well, what are we talking about today? Well, we were going to talk a little bit about arthritis in the senior horses. You know, so many horses, we, we, we are doing such a good job at keeping our horses healthy that they're living longer. And so we run into problems that you see in older horses, just like older people you know, they'll develop some arthritis, which is just, you know, a degenerative disease of the articular surfaces. And it's caused by inflammation and just general wear and tear. So it's something a lot of people deal with in their senior horses. Yes. And people too. I'm just saying, not that I'm having any, any, yeah. any of that, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so tell us, what are some things we can do to help our senior horses and just general horses working as we go, as they go through their careers? Well, I think the first thing that people need to do is kind of, they need to look, they need to be aware of some of the, the, the symptoms of a horse that might be struggling a little bit with arthritis. Because, it, you know, if you've had a horse for a long time and you're used to that horse being a certain way, you're, you're going to look for some subtle changes. Like if they shorten their stride or if they hollow their back or if they raise their head a little bit, sometimes they'll be a little bit unwilling to perform tasks that they used to be able to do really easily. Um, or they can be stiff in the beginning, but it, they warm out of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's puffiness around a joint or just, you know, just some warmth and pain in an area that you don't usually find that. So I think it's as with, with anything, um, good horsemanship is to kind of be paying attention to your horses. But if you see symptoms like that in an older horse, you might want to talk to your veterinarian or maybe start thinking about, you know, is this, is is my horse starting to show some arthritic changes and what can I do to help him work through that? 
So what are some things we can do with the supplements? Like what are some things that we can start or when is it a good time to start? Let's maybe put it that way. Like when do you start giving your horse a joint supplement to sort of help this? Well, if, if you hopefully most performance horses should be on a general joint supplement pretty much their whole life. It just, it just really helps to benefit that joint and just, just helps reduce the normal wear and tear and take away some of the inflammation. You're never going to stop, you know, normal aging processes, but you can certainly slow them down a little bit. Once your horse starts to get older and if they start showing signs of arthritis, there's some interesting research that came out from the University of Kentucky that shows that including prebiotics in a senior horse's diet will help reduce the markers for inflammation. And inflammation, and just throughout the body, but definitely in the joint, is what causes some of this degeneration. So we actually developed a, a hoof supplement, I'm sorry, a joint supplement called Joint Wise, and we specifically developed it with some probiotics in it for that particular reason. So you would want to look for a joint supplement like JointWise, and, and JointWise is one of the ones that you can, one of our supplements that you have to buy through a veterinarian. We developed them specifically for the veterinarians because they deal with these issues directly. So it has the good things in it, the glucosamine and the chondroitin sulfates, which you need. Also, it has hyaluronic acid in it, and then it also has MSM in it, which has some inflammatory properties, anti-inflammatory properties. And then we put um, something called fermentation metabolites in it which show this positive change in inflammation in the horse. So I would recommend that you look for a joint supplement that has a, little, a few little extras in it, like the MSM and the fermentation metabolites. And can you break it down just a little bit about pro probiotics and the fermentation metabolite in sort of layman's terms for our listeners? Oh, sure. So there's prebiotics and probiotics in horses. So the probiotics are are a type of uh, nutrient that you can feed the horse. It stays viable through the entire digestive tract and it releases nutrients to the tissues as it goes through the digestive tract. Then prebiotics are actually living yeasts and things like that that will move through the digestive tract and, and um, support, uh, again, reduced inflammation. It, it supports mostly the digestive tract, but the horse's digestive tract is has a huge impact on their immune system in general. So if you, if you support a robust immune system, then you can reduce inflammation in the horse. So by keeping their gut healthy, you also reduce inflammation. And like I said, the research done at the University of Kentucky showed that if you added probiotics into the senior horse's diet, it did reduce these markers for inflammation. So prebiotics, fermentation metabolites, Fermentation metabolites is just kind of another name for prebiotics. It's a type of prebiotics. And they include things called beta glutens, yeasts, and MOSs, which are mononagosaccharides. I can't ever say that word. It just think MOS. <laughs> I can't say that word. Yeah, but, I can't say that Yeah, no one can. Yeah, mononoglio, mononoglio, it's a tongue twister. I have to practice it before I'm going to say yes. it. I didn't practice it before the show, so now I can't say it. So we just call them MOS. And what the MOS does is it, it, there's a certain amount of bad bacteria in the gut. And what the MOS does is it attracts the bad bacteria, it attaches to it, and it flushes it out of the gut. And that way, that allows the good bacteria to flourish. So that's what an MOS does. And the yeasts, when you put them in there, they help feed the, the good bacteria that are in the gut so, so that they will also continue to flourish and do well and, 
And all of this, when you have a good balanced gut, then you have reduced inflammation. And, and it's reduced inflammation, not just in the gut, but because it helps the immune system, it's throughout the horse's body. So it's, it's really, it's a good thing. Yeah. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just all about, I mean, because the horse has such a giant intestine. I mean, I've seen some, because my wife's a vet, some surgery video and, you know, stuff like this. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, when they have to do a colic surgery and, and, and when you see, you know, how much intestine actually has to go into the horse and how much of the horse's body weight is taken up just by, because it's not a good digester, they need this giant long and it's all throughout the horse that it makes sense that when that's not, uh, you know, optimum health, the rest of the horse suffers. And, and so that's why I think this is such a great conversation topic about, you know, it, it leads to inflammation, leads to all kinds of skin problems, just in general uh, unhappiness in your horse yeah. when the gut's not working right. Yeah. So it's great to yeah, have you on it, to, it's and a, to talk it's about a, it's a huge, it has a huge impact on the immune system and they're finding actually the same, they're finding the same thing in humans. You know, they're really starting to study the yeah. microbiome and all mm -hmm. these different animals and they're finding that it has a huge impact on your immune system. I know if your immune system has to constantly pump white blood cells and, and, and T cells and things into the gut to, to solve problems then, you know, it, it raises inflammation levels all over the body and it just makes you less healthy. So it makes a big difference. Right. right. makes a big difference. It's something that can help. The other thing that you can, that the research has shown really helps um, arthritic horses is the omega-3 fatty acids. And again, the omega-3 fatty acids are the ones that are um, anti-inflammatory. The omega-6 fatty acids are the pro-inflammatory fatty acids. And your horse needs a balance in their diet. They need both, but they need, um, they need about a three to one to five to one ratio of sixes to threes. So if you get the sixes too high and the threes too low, then, then you set your horse up to be more uh, in, in a situation where there's more inflammation than there is not. So you're looking to increase the omega-3 fatty acids. The reason in horses that we see an imbalance is because grains are very high in omega-6 fatty acids and forages and hays are higher in omega-3s. And we feed a lot of grains to our horses because we need mm -hmm. to, to give them the energy that they need. Yeah, so you're looking, especially, yeah. especially. So lots of times because you want to bring that ratio back into balance, you would feed an additional omega-3 fatty acid source. And there's a couple uh, different ones, and we can kind of go over that if you if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us tell us a okay. little bit about the omega three supplements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of different kinds of omega threes that most people are familiar with. The first one is it's called alpha linolenic acid, and it's the one that's found in flaxseed. It's also found in grass to a small amount in grass and hay. And a lot of people don't realize that there's omega threes in grass, but there are. No, I and there's some that. in hay. Yeah, yeah that's why horses look so good when they're out on grass. There's actually omega-3 fatty acids in grass, there's regular fats in grass, there's vitamins in grass. Grass is just the perfect food for your horse. <laughs> um, so, so this is why a lot of people will feed flaxseed or linseed oil, flaxseed mm -hmm. or ground yeah. flaxseed, because it raises those omega-3s. 
But they've done a lot of they've done a lot of research, and much of this research kind of started in pigs, but moved into horses when they saw the benefits in pigs. They said, "Well, let's let's check out and see if we see the same benefits in horses." And they did the research, and they did. But these are the marine source fatty acids, fish oil, and everybody, a lot of people are familiar with fish oil. But yes. those are there are two kind of fatty acids in fish oil. Yeah, I'm not going to even try to say the names because they're really tongue twisters. One is EPA and the other is DHA. And like I said, they're found in fish oils. They're a longer chain fatty acid. Horses can, we, we think horses can produce those in their body, but they're not very good at it. Mm-hmm. So by providing them already in place, you see a lot of benefit from them. That makes sense. Wow. Oh my goodness. See, but like you said, a lot of this is coming from people too, right? That they say the same thing in people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of the research trickles down. Um, Mm -hmm. They do it in, they do it in people. um, And because it can, you know, you can make a lot of money selling supplements to people. And also there's a lot more money, you know, uh, to be found for research in in health and humans. Mm -hmm. And then it'll, it'll kind of cycle through the production animals because again, you know, there's, there's, that's a money maker. And then it'll kind of sort down into horses. Now, he doesn't always translate everything that works in a, in a human does not work in a horse because a horse has a very different digestive yeah, tract. Different right, right, yeah. exactly. You know, and a different system, but some things do. Um, and this, the omega-3 fatty acids seem to be something that's pretty universal. Um, if you provide those, especially the, the marine source ones, you definitely see um, an earlier response to inflammation, which is advantageous in fighting infections. Um, they did some research in horses that showed an increase in stride length when they were put on omega-3 fatty acids. This indicates a benefit in reducing joint pain and promoting joint health. It, and just an overall reduction in the inflammatory response even mitigates um, some allergic reactions. So just overall, it's a good anti-inflammatory good. for your horses. So for your horses that are having issues with arthritis, this is a great thing if you're not already feeding it to add because you should see some benefit from it. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? Well, Karen, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show and helping us. How can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions? They can find they can find information about our vet-only products, and that would be where you would find the joint-wise at kppvet.com. And they can find information about our general products and contribute is our omega-3 fatty acid product. And you're familiar with that, Reese, because I feed a lot of yes. that to my horses at your barn. Yes. And, and they seem to like it and eat it well. So that, that's it. a plus. Oh, with they the, love with, it. With the, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a plus with the fish oils. And you can find information um, about that product on kppusa.com. And kppusa.com has an extensive library. So if you go into the search box and you, you, you know, punch in a word or a question, you'll get a lot of information on it. You can also call me anytime um, during the week, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, at our office, 800-772-1988. And you can also leave me messages or questions on Facebook. Awesome. So there's quite a few ways to get a hold of us. Love it. Well, Karen, thank you so much as always. We can't wait for next month. Yes, it'll be great. We'll have to think up a new thing to talk about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, and if your listeners have if your listeners have any questions or any specific questions that they want to submit on yes. supplements, that might be something that would we be interesting. We could do we could do a reader's questions and we could respond to some of them. So we if, love it. Have, if you if they want to put them on your Facebook page or your show page, I'm not sure how you would do that, but see if you can do that. We'd be All happy the above. To- 
All of the above. Just right. on radio yeah. or email great. Phil and I, Reese or Philip at Horse Radio Network. Great idea. Thanks, Karen. All righty. Well, you guys have a great day and have fun on the rest of the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Well, Phil, I thought that was actually a great um, suggestion from Karen. Send us an email or Facebook kind of shout out, but also if you question have any on nutri- nutritional, yeah. yeah, or supplements or any issues people are having, I think Karen's really keen to uh, help us solve our problems. Absolutely. She's really good and so knowledgeable. And I'm super lucky because she's in my barn. So I get to ask these questions to her all the time. And I do. I have always a lot of questions on, am I feeding horses? So I know there are a lot of questions out there. And she's just an awesome resource that we can easily share. And if you have the question, I guarantee probably someone else has the question. So we like that. Well, we'll fill for our total saddle fit tip of the week, because I don't know about you, but I am loving my stretch techers with the uh, the fleece because um, actually, hello, um, it's just everything's so sweaty. So it's so nice because I can use my fleece girth. I have chosen with him to use the fleece. There's also a neoprene and a leather liner. The liner yeah, the liners to the stretch tech girth. I mean, I think at the, in this weather... Especially the stretch tech shoulder relief girth. I want to make sure I say it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful because the horses they're breathing heavier, right? Yes. And so the the stretchy part of this girth, the elastic, allows the horse's chest to expand and contract easier because there's not you know a, a fixed girth. Mm-hmm. So you know it helps them to breathe better. There's more room for air in their lungs, and you know it gets hot, and and we're all breathing a little heavy when it gets humid. So I think that's a, a great feature of of this girth, and you know, hopefully, as you ride and cool down and warm up, the horses are recovering easier and better and quicker, and they're not feeling constrained by a, a tight fixed girth. That I mean, just the fit of the girth helps, but also the way he's designed this uh, this technology, elast the elastic at the at the points of in the middle of the girth. The horses can breathe easier, and that helps them a lot. I think. I think yeah. that really makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, I'm so sure. I have it on everybody here. Could say thank you. They would. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, the liners are great because you know you can just pull them off and wash them. And you know we're washing every day actually, so they're really really easy. So as always, if you have any questions, Justin at Total Saddle Fit is amazing, and it's uh, www.totalsaddlefit.com. And so Phil, we have a great trainer tip. Actually, it's it's our monthly segment. We've been busy today with Hillary Moore Hebert. So I hope you enjoy our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week with Hillary. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this month's segment, Hillary Moore Hebert is back on the show. She's a dressage trainer and regular guest here on the Dressage Radio Show. Hillary, welcome back. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. And I'm sad because usually you say our favorite guest. Thought you oh, forgot this time. Sorry, I'm just reminding you. Well, I was just trying to. <laughs> I was just trying in my head. We were we were talking that Hillary should be like Madonna. Like we don't really need to introduce you because we love you yeah. so much. It's like Hillary's on with a drum roll. So we're really we're. I'm excited to talk to you actually because you were here in Maryland. We got to spend some actual physical time. We had dinner. We rode horses. It was a lot of fun. So it's yeah. nice to talk to you on the show. 
and next month I should just like kind of jump in. So I don't even introduce me. Like I'll just start talking start. about like some it. topic and then it will be in the middle of the podcast. No, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, Hillary, what do you got for us this month? So I, as Reese said, was just up doing lessons and saw her. And so I thought that I should kind of relate it a little bit to what I was working on. And um, also it gave me a second to kind of process because I've been home for two days. And I wanted to talk about how there is this relationship to everything that we do. And what I mean by that, and I think I've said this in the past where someone has called it like a pendulum. So every time you go to the left, you'll swing equally to the right. And other people have said, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So the first example I wanted to give was how it works for a lot of greener horses and a lot of horses in general to do trot with three steps of walk back to trot. And what I mean by that is for a horse that needs to get slowed down a bit or sat back a bit, the downward transition is what helps them. And for a horse that maybe needs to be pushed forward more or off the leg, then the upward transition is what helps them. So I like the idea of kind of, if you think about, if you were like drawing that out in a very basic physics kind of way, you sit the weight down and slow them down, and then you spring the weight back up and push them forward. So I wanted to talk about that in sort of progressive examples, but see what you guys thought about that. And if you have any feelings about that or agree or disagree or whatever. I think it's uh, if you have a, a little perspective about each movement that you do or you're doing an exercise, you can use it in different ways. If you're really thoughtful about your training and, and you, you know, something simple like you were saying, uh, you know, trot, walk, trot transition, right? If you really think about it, you have to, you have to you know, evaluate the horse that you're riding and what do you want to do with that exercise or particular movement. And so you can use it on a, on a quick horse to slow the horse down. Or you can use it for a slow horse to speed them up. It's all in how you ride it and and what you emphasize in, in what you're trying to do on that exercise. You know, I, when, when we teach a lot of lessons, we have to teach uh, the rider the movement, but what, also what is the purpose of the movement um, for, the, for that particular horse-rider combination. So you might see me teach, let's stick to the walk-trot transition on, on, in one lesson, and teach it again in a different lesson, and there'll be a different focus on on both of those things. So I think as a rider, you you know, as you're practicing, you've got to figure that out a little bit for yourself, um, in in how you're using your your riding, how you're using the exercises to make a perk. Because you can certainly make a, a quick horse even faster if you ride the walk trot transition uh, incorrectly with too much focus on the go and not enough on the whoa. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I kind of like this topic and, and, and how you have to always use thoughtful riding. Otherwise you're not, you know, your exercises and what you're doing for your 45 minutes is not going to serve the right purpose. Yeah, no, I, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree because, well, just, just in general, being thoughtful about what you're trying to produce and, you know, are you trying to get a quicker hind leg? Are you trying to get a slower? I don't know why you'd get a slower hind leg, but maybe, you know, or <laughs> like, oh, oh, a rushing horse or a horse or, that goes, yeah. you know, walk like, the canter all the time. You know, there's different things, right? All right. millions and billions and infinite number of 
possibilities. But yeah. that's the part of, of writing, right? I mean, that's why, you know, we we all take collectively take lessons, right? Because, you know, like hey, somebody may think, hey, use this exercise to speed this horse up. And in my mind, I'm also thinking, oh, you know, uh, that horse uh, Denali can really use that exercise. Um, and that's also the difference between sort of a trainer and an amateur or even a, just a really thoughtful rider in general, a trainer of their horse is, is doing that. That's come up a couple of times this week for, for me, um, with talking with my assistant. And that is, you know, that's what we do as riders and trainers of our horses is use exercises and tools that we've been trained to use and figure out why we're using those exercises. And I think that those, that's incredibly important. Um, and, and that's the art of riding, right? That's what we're trying to produce and what we're, we're trying to do. So you may need that walk trot transition um, with one horse um, and then thinking, oh, yeah, I could use that same application or maybe I need a little quicker half halt on another horse or maybe next week I can be a little bit faster with my aids. Um, so I think it's it's really something that's that's the art of what we talk about every week and why we talk about it. And, you know, we can all three of us can sit around and probably talk about a walk trot transition for about an hour and not get bored. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> and so I think that then the question that I had for actually probably decades, right, was how do you know? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how I figure that out as a way to kind of keep talking about the discussion. The first thing is when I went through the L program and studied or was told about the biomechanics of stuff, if the listeners have not done that, where they have not read about, for example, what happens in terms of like what really is engagement, what really is impulsion, how does suspension, you know, how is it? biomechanically happening in the movements of the level that you are riding at every movement, then you should go and do that. Whether it's auditing the L program or go and read about it, you know, Hillary Clayton does a great job with stuff and there's a lot of other people who go into it. But I think, and I hope you guys agree, but I think that um, understanding what happens to the body will make you more able to say, Hey, my horse needs to be, you know, I don't know, X, Y, or Z, what movements help that or what movements will be harder? I think that's one of the first steps that really got me on a path to being able to be a thinking, effective rider and also my own trainer, so to speak, rather than just executing things I was told to do. Yeah. I mean, always the more education you can get, the better, but it is, you have to think about the confirmation of, of of how a horse moves, how it works, and what what your expectation is, before you can think about okay, how do I achieve that? Right. I think there's a lot of just okay, my horse has done very pretty well at first level. Now I want to just do second level. And you see some riders, not that it's completely wrong, but just go about trying to execute the second level movements without really thinking yeah. about thinking about a little bit the biomechanics or what. What is the purpose of these movements? How how is it going to help the horse get stronger and you know and, and achieve the 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 training pyramid? You know, the rhythm, the suppleness, yeah. you know, all I of these things that yeah go back into it. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen like, a lot why of is my shoulder and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or <laughs> what is it? What am I meant to achieve with it? Like, what will the end yeah, result exactly. be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I always think, okay, I'm going to ride the horse. Like, you know, you warm it up, or you begin your ride. 
after your warm up, you take up the reins and you, you know, you achieve a straight line. And then you say, okay, now I'm going to do a series of movements on the left and the right to improve the trot. If you end up the ride with the ride and you put your horse back on the straight line or, you know, down a center line, for instance, something, you know, just the simplest, you know, is the, has the horse improved or not? Have you achieved the goals of rhythm, suppleness, impulsion, you know, or not? Is the horse better on the contact or not? Right. I think that's always sort of the, you know, the check of every horse at the beginning of the ride and the end of the ride, you know, um, have you uh, achieved something gymnastic? Is the horse trotting better? Is it reacting better? You know, think, you know, what are you trying to do every day? And then I, I think it's, you won't stray off the path too far. Yeah. Right. But at the end well, of the ride, I think the horse that that's... Is, is more nervous or, you know, falling to the side, then go about evaluating, you know, everything you did in your ride and, and maybe why it didn't work. You've got to remember that, right? If you're, you're typically having a problem, let's say in a shoulder in, uh, there's probably something in the basics that it's not that complicated that you need to fix. Like for example, check your outside, outside rein. Is the horse on the outside rein? Are you sitting in the correct position? Is your leg in the correct position? You know, that's the time that you got to go back and say, okay, well, this movement is basically to enhance yeah, collection. exactly. All the movements are, are, are meant <laughs> yeah. to enhance the horse. If they're not, not enhancing cause it, cause problems. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, if, if it's not uh, doing yeah, that. that's kind of what I was trying to get, trying to get at. You know, yeah, and, that's and what I was to thinking. constantly be evaluating that just with the basic gates or basic transitions. Absolutely, and yeah. that's what you've got to go back. Go ahead. Well, and that's where I think, you know, for years I said, people would say, oh, you know, what's the hardest thing? What's the hardest thing? And I would say feel. And yes, I think that that's like the popular thing to say. But really for me, what I was meaning was I'm having a hard time with the basics. I'm having a hard time setting up the canter to get the change. So some days I can get the change and other days I can't. I don't know why. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'm asking for the change wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with what I'm doing or my horse is unbalanced or he's not good in the change. Let's work it over and over again. No, it's that I couldn't figure out how to repeat and achieve the canter I needed before that. And so I totally agree with what you guys are saying, because I think that's the thing is it's a more basic issue than you need. And maybe that's sort of back to the biomechanics is, is it that your shoulder in is bad or is it that you don't have, you know, the activity of the right hind in the loading phase of the trot? And is that really an issue of the shoulder in or back to what you guys are saying, or is it really the fact that you just don't have a good trot? Right. You know, in that reason. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple things there. I mean, when you, when, you know, you're training, We'll just use the example of the flying chain because for me, the flying chain is a great kind of, it's a payoff move, right? It's a move where if your preparation is perfect, your change will be perfect. It's a, you know, kind of a a show me, right? There's a couple of moves that are a little bit more show me and then a a couple like a shoulder in. I, you know, you ride many steps of shoulder in, you ride with more angle, less angle, you know, all these things that help to develop the horse. It's a development exercise. A flying change is a, Either you got it or you don't in that in yeah. that stride, right? Mm-hmm. So your preparation has to be perfect. Show me that you're that you have good feel for for preparation, for activity, for straightness. You know all the all of those check boxes. But the the last thing is that you need someone on the ground. The, I mean, right. it, it it doesn't matter how good. I think you know a lot of people have better feel than others. But the easiest thing, you know, a lot of trainers will get somebody in 
another trainer or just somebody to watch or a lot of video like because it is so difficult to feel the the little problems the little issues right and it's so much easier to see them that's why we have these arenas with with mirrors all over them right because even the best feeling rider needs a little bit of a picture of what's going on to see a you know the small straightness issue the small lagging of one of the hind legs to get that show me payoff flying change so there's, there's no there's no fault in have having somebody you know some eyes on the ground you, you know yeah. and we've all had that horse that has great flying changes from from nature and i've had a horse that had really not great flying changes from nature that other horse has to be much 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 more perfect to be able to achieve that move than 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 the one that just seemed to know it from from birth right all horses are different right so again eyes on the ground and and returning to the basics and getting you know the the proper all the proper exercises leading up to that movement whether it's you know the shoulder in or the half pass or all, all that great stuff. Is there any other, any other thoughts on that, Hillary? Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny with the changes that you're saying that. I like the idea of that term of that, like, show me move, because actually I think Reese was sitting there when I had that experience mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. And that's exactly the thing is, is I was like, I am not getting the one tempies and I know why, and it has nothing to do with the one tempies. And so then I get the canter correct and then it's fine. And exactly right. like you're saying, it's like, it's not about those things. It's about whether or not you're on the right track. And I do think that that's exactly where I thrive, you know, rightfully so, like you just said, because I think everyone does is having someone there to say, you know, to hold you accountable. And I, I think the one thing I wanted to add to that is one of the things I really find that I was saying with Shannon the last time she was here is I feel like a snappier rider when I'm in Florida. And, but I think some of it too, is not just having eyes on the ground, but also watching other people doing it, how you should be doing it. And I think that when you're surrounded by all those riders doing that, like that, it's sort of back to what I'm talking about, how to get to a place where you are succeeding, whether it's studying, you know, the biomechanics or getting more feel or having someone on the ground to get more feel. I think also too, riding or riding, watching good riding, whether in competition or go to the warm up ring, you know, make a point of who it is that you're paying attention to and surround yourself in all ways with that correctness is to me sort of that last idea of how to take this, you know, question mark of how to be a effective rider and know what you're doing, you know, is also watching other riders listen to what trainers are saying so you can also watch from the ground as they explain something you know so that you can start to process that as well when you don't have to be juggling the riding yeah well i mean especially if you're kind of a visual learner then you're gonna you know you're gonna pick up on the 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 little cues you know i remember i don't know watching grand prix test when i was you know 15 say like i didn't even have any idea what i was looking at but as, as i got educated and i started riding more and more then then i started noticing what was going on and then you know go back to another you know the next summer of riding grand prix test you, you notice a little bit more and that you, you know you kind of get really interested in in learning things to to be able to evaluate other people's riding not in a sort of Oh, I, you know, I know better than you and that was no good and that was no good just as a matter of interest, because it is so interesting that that people ride in 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 different ways. You know, all of these super top competitive when, when you can really 
start to develop the intricacies and notice them in in these top riders and it 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 becomes really much more fun to watch right i mean you sit there and watch 20 grand prix tests it's it can be pretty boring but you can also kind of make it an educational process and make it interesting and and try and emulate what's going on there even in you know even at home with with your horse and and doing you know really simple things applying right. applying these visuals to your own first level horse in a half halt you know and 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 uh, like i said we we all learn a little bit in a different way but there's no wrong way to learn so we we try and do as much as possible yeah dressage is the way it is right we can always improve on something like you know you could watch Villegas test and i'm sure they were like i could improve the half halt here you know even when he's making the world record right i can improve here or this can be a little bit better or gosh in the future i want to do this you know that's sort of again going back to the fact that this is the the art and the journey this doesn't it's not like show jumping when you you either get over it or not right you have to you can always improve and always make things a little bit better as you go through well hillary mm-hmm. As always, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if our listeners um, have any questions, how can they find you? They can either go to my website, which is moredressage.com, like my maiden name or middle name, M-O-O-R-E. Or they can also go on Facebook and find my name and feel free to email me or send me a private message. If anyone wants to have a specific topic or more explanation of what I was talking about, I'm always happy to answer. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great night. You too. Well, Phil, that was a really fun show. We talked about all kinds of things from supplements, all, all, all the gamut. So, a lot of different, a lot of different topics, yeah. right? Not, we like just, it. not just riding, actually <laughs> just a little bit about riding and yeah. a lot about the care and training, you know, and, uh, some corrective exercises. That's pretty awesome. So interesting show. I love it. Well, Can't as always, every yeah, yeah, I know. Next week. Well, <laughs> as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me best probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. 